What's up guys? It's your boy, Radical. Now, my workout plans have been a success. More than 300 plus purchases and many more returning customers. You cannot ask for anything else and people are loving it. The same life-changing and affordable prices still remain. So go to RadicalLatino.com and change your life today. Hey guys, do you have a product you want more eyes on? Advertise with the Radical Latino Show, where over 10K podcast downloads in the number 25 spot on the 55 All Latin Podcast list, you'll want your product heard on everyone's phones and cars. Go to RadicalLatino.com forward slash contacts and start advertising today. Playing the Radical Latino Show. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands in the air for New York's very own. Latino is taking you to another level. I think there's more radical than civil. Radical Latino, you're fucking it. The radical point of views, I think his views are actually more dangerous. People, it's your boy Radical, aka number 17 on all Latin podcasts, aka number 24 on all Bronx podcasts, influencer list, and also Mr. Unsuable for 77 weeks running. And remember, you can't spell radical without adding rad in it. You heard now. I hope everybody is having a great week. I hope everybody is having a great Wednesday. I hope everybody is having a wonderful 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 weekend aren't or aren't getting into any you know foolishness and buffoonery and all that other stuff because you know yeah yeah my people y'all smarter than that you heard you know what i'm saying so i hope everything is going well you know what i'm saying um this is episode 174 so remember you know i hope you guys uh remember like share subscribe and also i'm saying also this episode is sponsored by radfitpro.com go to radfitpro.com and enter the promo code radical to get 10 percent off your cbd purchase radfitpro.com is a startup cbd company who specializes in cbd products they have two right now cleopatra and ogun so definitely go Check them out right now, today, ahora, right now, today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, I got a lot, a lot of updates for you guys. Um, open wounds, um, right now is uh, it's making its rounds. A lot of I'm getting a lot of emails and a lot of requests to put it on certain platforms, and I'm holding out. And certain people are holding out because they want to make sure i deliver like i delivered in part one and best believe i'm doing a lot and i mean a lot of my own ability to make sure i got part two in the same or higher quality that i had part one in so definitely go wait on that stay tuned i'm definitely going to make an announcement on that as well you know what i'm saying because i'm i'm reaching out to a lot of people i'm reaching out to a lot of creators 
I'm, I'm reaching out to a lot of creatives and I'm making sure I am getting my worth due for y'all and for myself. You know what I'm saying? Remember this documentary, Open Wounds, A Island Divided is free on my YouTube channel. So you don't have to pay for it. It's completely free. This information is for y'all. The reason why I started it is because I want to know and learn a little bit more about how the dynamics between Dominican Republic and Haiti, how it happened. Why did it happen? You know, why is there animosity? Why certain people feel a certain way? You know what I'm saying? And I wasn't, I basically, I, I wasn't just, I, I wasn't uh, okay with just it being racism. It had to be more than that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's all I heard. Oh no, it's just racism. It's right. No, 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 no. I, I wasn't okay with that. It had to be more than that. And I'm finding out that it is. That's the point. It is more than that. It's a deep history. The very important history is also very rich history. You know what I'm saying? So definitely um, go check open, uh, open Wounds and Island Divided Part 1 out now on my YouTube channel, Radical Latino. Um, it's making its rounds. The first day it got 2K views, you know what I'm saying? And it's going on up. Right now, as we speak, we're at 2.5. So definitely a huge shout out to everybody watching it now. Also, go check out my interview that I had with Art, um, this, uh, this YouTuber named Art Nostril uh, TV. I got the, I got the link down below go check it out i uh i went to his uh channel we had a beautiful discussion i broke everything down um i broke basically down how how latin america is um the racism why whiteness is seen as a huge commodity in latin america and let's be honest in all over the world you know whiteness is a beauty standard this is something that we have to be real about so definitely go check out that interview um link down below you know what i'm saying also go check out my cousin's music man um he goes by the name raymond 15 ramon 15 and he has a new song out called El elite so definitely go check it out a link down below i'm playing it a little bit here you know what i'm saying so definitely go check it out um he's doing his thing in the dominican republic up and coming artists definitely you know go go check them out you know what i'm saying also i am going to start taking my content and my podcast into a new direction um i've been doing 170 somewhat episodes on just giving you guys my opinions on episode on episode on episode giving you guys what i thought about episode 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 and pretty much is being repetitive i felt like um there's there's no new situation that i didn't cover even though because it's new you know what i'm saying if i covered something a year ago it comes the same thing comes up with somebody else and i covering i give my same opinion you know what i'm saying becoming pretty much repetitive uh, people pretty much know what i feel like in certain situations people pretty much know my stance on certain things people pretty much know my ideology 
people pretty much know what I'm what I'm about and all that. So I'm taking my channel into a new direction. The podcast is no longer going to be just episodes on uh, explaining this and doing that. It might still happen here and there, but um, right now I'm going to start doing interview episodes. That's basically it. I'm going to start doing interview episodes. The more, the more subs I get, the more bigger interviews I'm going to obtain. You know what I'm saying? The more, uh, the more downloads I get for, for each interview, the more people I'm going to keep on, you know, attracting them. So I just want to let you guys know my new direction. Um, just interviewing people that I find interesting, interviewing people that I want to have conversations with interviewing people that I, you know, would like to ask certain questions that I feel that I need to ask, you know what I'm saying? So that's where my channel is going. That's where my podcast is going. Now, if you got, if something happens within the news media, whatever the case is, I'm definitely going to cover it on my YouTube channel. I'll make quick videos, give my, my reaction. That's basically it. That's how I'm seeing. Uh, and that's how I'm, I'm planning on doing things. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and also Saturdays are going to be just live stream about certain topics, interesting topics. doesn't matter what it is. We're going to basically talk about it. So. That's what um, I am going to be basically doing. So if you guys like the direction or like the idea, let me know in the comments down below. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, this is episode 174. I'm going to read comments from episode 173. Um, and that was a interview with Pan-Africanism Strikes Back. Shout out to that brother. You know, a lot of people were was amazed that I had a certain individual like that on my channel. Shout out to him. I don't really care if we agree or disagree. The whole point is we had our conversation. I got to pick his brain. He got to pick my brain. And, you know, we went on for it right then and there, you know, just because he disagreed with certain my stance or I disagreed with certain stance doesn't mean anything. You know what I'm saying? We had a, we had a very, very polite conversations and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And I got, I got to know a little bit more on the Pan-African side of it because it's a very interesting thing. You know what I'm saying? So first comment is from Huang Rambo. Shout out to Huang, man. You know, shout out to him. He goes, great video. Try interviewing Kimberly Florida. She has a channel and was in a movie called The Heist. And also try interviewing Jenny on the block. I re Je listen, Jenny is not going to come on my podcast whatsoever. She didn't like the critique that I gave for her and Tariq Nasheed. Jenny blocked me. So it is what it is. She, she, she don't like me. So it is what it is. Um, Kimberly, I'll see, I'll, I'll try. I'll definitely start reaching out to other people for interviews. So I'll definitely try to do that. Now got my brother art. New, uh, uh, new, uh, new style TV, you know, Nostril, you know, Nostril TV. Uh, remember, go go check them out. Um, you know, link down below to our interview. He said, I'm in California too. The way the guest is breaking down infrastructure is outdated. Ooh, 
HR and management is totally different today is global than domestic. You hire your own point blank. Okay, all right. So Pan African, uh, he uh, he has he had he had he he got hit right now. Uh oh. So that that should be a good back and forth. Hopefully, you know uh, he responds. You know what I'm saying? Now the next person is An Huang says in Miami these franchise supermarkets called Presidente that's latin owned well i i commented and I hopefully you know it is actually latin owned but i commented and i was like hopefully it's not anglo hispanics that own it because there's a big misconception when it comes to latinos and anglo hispanics uh very controversial and i could care less i'm gonna say what i gotta say right <laughs> anglo hispanic don't represent the latin community because they have not done nothing for the latin community just because we're latino does not mean that everybody and everyone should be under this latin banner just because we share the same culture that doesn't mean that they see us the same you know what i'm saying it's like white jamaicans and black jamaicans white jamaicans don't see themselves the same as black Jamaicans, even though they share the same culture and they could probably talk, uh, you know, the, the same language or whatever the case, is, the case is, at the end of the day, they're going to look out for the white Jamaicans. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Asian Dominicans are still Asian, but guess what? They're going to look out for Asian thing. They're going to look out for Asian interest. So that's, that's something that it's, it's missed a lot of times and i don't know why it's it not really talked about but i'm starting to see more and more and more things being talked about it you know now but anyway 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 listen um i had a wonderful 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 interview with this brother exposed the manosphere he definitely broke a lot of things down shout out to him and expose the manosphere. You could definitely catch him in his YouTube channel, link down below. But also expose the manosphere. You know what I'm saying? He um he stopped YouTubing because he found it like it was repetitive. But he was a very, very wonderful, 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 good um interviewee. You know, and it's a good interviewer. You know, because I got to know a little bit more about him, and also. A little bit more on just the manosphere as a whole you know what i'm saying um a lot of people like to put me into the whole manosphere thing i'm not you know what i'm saying i'm not no manosphere but i understand a lot of their points but i also see the other side you know what i'm saying but anyway this is interview with expose the manosphere i hope you guys enjoy here what up my people is your boy <laughs> radical you heard so I always got bring you guys special guests and it isn't any different this time. And today with me, I got exposed atmosphere. What's going on, bro? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. How about you? NBA All-Star Weekend this weekend in Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I heard. I heard. Who are you going for? I don't care. I'm just going to one event because I can't afford yeah. a thousand dollar ticket for nosebleed <laughs> seats. <laughs> hey, listen. Just enjoy it as much as you can. You know what I mean. That's 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 all that that matters. You know, but 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 shout out to you. 
Expose, thank you for, for coming in. I really appreciate it. Um, the, for the people who might not know who you are, um, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Or like, who, who, who are you? Yeah, so my so my name is Aaron, and I am the creator of Exposed the Manosphere, which originally was um, Exposing the Manosphere, but I had to abandon that channel because it almost got terminated. So I've been covering the Manosphere, particularly the Black Manosphere, since 2018 when I came across it inadvertently. And I started as a writer, so I've written about four or five articles. Uh, the most famous one is about the one that came out in Medium in 2020. And then, you know, shortly after I made a blog, and then I created a YouTube channel to promote the blog, but that got time consuming and i kind of like enjoyed i enjoyed making them videos so i started making um youtube videos on the uh, manosphere as a way to like archive it critique it and just like to make parody videos there are plenty of things i find hilarious about the space yeah 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 um and when when going into when you stumbled upon this right what was your first thought when you stumbled upon this was it like Oh my God, I can't believe men are actually thinking this. Or were you thinking, like, finally a place where I could call my own? Or you, you were, or, or did you think, great, I am going to become one of their trolls? Like, 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 what, oh. what, what, what was, what was your initial, initial, like, thought reaction towards it? My initial reaction was like, man, this is kind of weird and extreme. So I didn't think much of it after that because I came across it through a documentary. And that was it, actually. It was only a month later that, coincidentally, the incel um, became mainstream by, from the uh, Toronto van attack. And, you know, I was looking at coverage of it, and I'm just like, man, why are people thinking all incels are white? Like, like if you talk to people, you'll find incels, like, all race and ethnicities, if you're being honest. So I saw I sought to write an article about the uh, black incels, and I came across inadvertently the black manosphere. And like I said, at first, I just found it entertaining. I didn't really think much of it. It was only gradually that I started seeing it as uh, problematic the more I listened to the rhetoric. Yeah, like, when I got introduced to the manosphere, I didn't know that's what it was called. Uh, I heard certain conversations within barbershops, you know, certain same rhetoric and conversations in uh, building hallways among guys, you know what I mean? But we mm. never, I've never heard anything along the lines of ideologies of the, the way women think and how they should be broken down and how it should be you know what i mean yeah it was it was mostly mostly what i've heard growing up in the bronx mostly what i've heard was uh try not to get finessed basically if women are out here either she's loyal or not trying to get finessed or don't don't become a baby daddy statistic you know what i mean mm -hmm. it was never on that whole well you know, she said this, so I have 37 other responses to go by because she cocked her hip through the West and it was 37 degrees out. You know what I mean? So it wasn't it wasn't analytical like that. But then it started becoming more like, um, I don't know, Donovan Sharp, womenese, understanding womenese and all these other things. Now, what about what about that? Did you did you see that you started to actually dive deep? And psychologically breaking it down because your videos are very, very well done, very well researched. And to be honest, they're like they're like psychological, like like thesis papers, you know, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I find it 
fascinating the way you break these things down. And I'm like, wait a minute. He has to have a psychological uh like background or something. Like, how how did you go about this? Oh, so well, one thing I'm gonna say about myself, yeah, I'm finishing finishing a uh, PhD in history, so I'll be defending in May. Finally, I would have finished like a year ago, but there were issues with my committee that just delayed it. So yeah, I'm a trained academic, so it's only just natural that I'm going to approach it from an academic lens. Not saying I can't have fun time to time, but no, that's how that's just how I'm, I'm trained. That's just how I approach subjects because it's really just an extension of like freelance writing, which was always like you know intellectual and academic base. Um, whenever I approach any project. Um, so I'm trying to remember the first part of your question about what when that starts seeing as problematic. Yeah, when, when did you start oh, seeing it problematic yeah. and well, started to like evolve? Well, the one issue I saw, I remember Donovan Sharp, when I, I used to watch him a lot. That's why I kind of know his contradictions <laughs> pretty well. Um, yeah, he made a video. It was called like Educated Women Are Fraudulent. And it's actually the first one, the first video that I posted on my main channel. He just goes on his overtly like misogynistic, misinformed rant about, you know, there's no female pilots and you know, women in college are just, you know, they're getting these useless degrees and they're doing drugs and just having sex. And I'm just like, and there's other things too. He just, he just pretty much, I would say the, um, the, the summary of it is that women were just like intellectually and skill wise inferior to men. That's pretty much what he was saying. It was just like, it, it was really off putting. I was kind of shocked how people and um, his listeners were responding to it. And I said, the more I listened to it, the more I'm like, okay, yeah, there probably were problematic elements I didn't notice, like the whole Pookie and Ray Ray debate, which is really just an argument about sexual access and is pretty classist too. I mean, it's not really understanding structural issues for why people embrace those types of, types of uh, personas. And the fact that it's not like as people in the band say, it's not contagious. Like you, you could you could put one person in jail and somebody just follows them up and can engage in the same uh, criminal activity. So and that, that's pretty much when I, that's pretty much when I started seeing it as um, problematic. That it was barely you know they generalized. It was very anti-black. Um, I mean it's conservative, which is fine, but I just think they just remind me of those like misinformed conservatives <laughs> who read one book and I, think they're I an did, expert on I, everything. I I found that very interesting when you said conservative because majority of of the people who who you know uh talk uh, about the red pill right who who are on the red pill majority of them are got conservative ties or conservative mm-hmm. views is there any correlations to that um it's the anti-feminism stuff because anti-feminism even it's really like a catch-all term for anti-leftism so, because if, if you're anti-feminist, and it tend to, then it tends to extend into more like anti-liberal policies, anti-immigration. Because trust me, listen to the white guy; they sound they, they sound like borderline white nationalists. Yeah, um, pretty anti, much. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anti-Black Lives Matter, and you know, racism is overblown. White supremacy is overblown. So, yeah, it's just the anti-feminism. Because to be anti-feminism is definitely like illiberal at, at its core. Not to say you have to agree with everything about feminism; nobody does. Um, but you know, it just just extends to other areas. So it's no shock that everybody like you know supports Trump, <laughs> like yeah, almost yeah, everybody yeah. in this space supports Trump. But do you do you um do you see now? This is my question to you. Um, do you see how? Because I saw doing my research, I saw how the manosphere somewhat started mm-hmm. and evolved into something extremely toxic. We, we, can we agree to that? Yeah, it happens to all online communities. Well, yeah, and and I found the same way it happened to the feminist community. How 
throughout the 60s. It started off with one way. And then later on throughout time, it started becoming very, very toxic. That's how I see it. So do, would you see that like there, there might be a correlation, a correlation to that or no? In your well, opinion. It can be, but the thing is, like, manosphere is largely internet-based, and um, feminism is definitely much more, like, richer in history of the ideology. Now, I don't agree with everything feminists say. You have different, you know, you have black feminism, you have radical feminism, and, like, I don't agree with the feminist argument that sex dolls somehow, like, promotes this whole, like, uh, I forget rape, what they, I forget rape, what they rape, say. Rape culture, yeah, yeah, like, rape culture. Rape, I don't really rape, agree yeah, with yeah. that. That was just like okay, come on, it's a little too. Yeah, I, it, I was extreme. a little lost when I heard that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, feminism has core all about the belief that men and equal, men and men and women should be equal, which I agree with. Which, yeah, most so yeah, most people I, are which, feminists, which I which I agree with, and and that's not not that's not a problem. I find it a little bit of an issue when it evolves to the whole, I'll say the Me Too movement, or when it evolves mm-hmm. to like believe all women. And we've seen certain cases of women clearly lying. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's when I see that there's an issue when it comes to that, to, to the real victims who actually did experience that kind of devalues their their way of like being heard and actually getting justice. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did. There, there definitely is a trouble. It's troubling when anybody's an absolutist. Um, of course, to believe all women, the whole point of that was the fact that a lot of women don't come forward because it's automatically assumed that they won't be believed. Um, I could definitely see people who are on the opposite side can say, like, well, hey, you can't because there is a real history of women, especially when you take it like racial lines of like, you know, lying about sexual assault and the fear of like being accused of like a false allegation. So I totally understand both sides on that fence. Yeah. Um, so what, what, what did you find wrong in, in that manosphere community? And by the way, would you be able to break down and define what the manosphere is, red pill Mm -hmm. and uh, this, um, SYSBM and stuff like that? So would you be able to define it for for the people? Yeah. So the manosphere is a term, it's an umbrella term for a, like, you know, loosely affiliated, um, at times adversarial groups in the, in the online space. So you have men rights activists that are largely focused on reforming the legal system, particularly about like divorce laws and child custody um, cases. And then you have the red pill, that whole ideology that, you know, the, the, da- the deck is stacked against men and that, you know, following this, following this, this ideology will reveal the true nature of women, that women are, you know, women can lie, women will cheat on you and all this other, you know, all this other very stuff. But it's really just this matrix analogy that Tells people like take the red pill. This is you'll learn the truth about women versus the blue pill, and you'll just believe in this whole you know la la fantasy world. <laughs> then you have MGTOW men going their own way. Those are men who pretty much they're not necessarily like done with women. They just refuse to marry or cohabitate um, with women. And of course, yeah, that's that's pretty much MGTOW in a nutshell. Um, really? Still, yeah, they they do not marry. They won't cohabitate with a woman. They'll still sleep with them. Um, but they do not. Well, have oh, yeah, procreation is fine, right? But, <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Yeah, most of them are guys who like been divorced or had bitter divorce or bitter child custody uh, disputes. Okay. Like Coach Greg Adams, he had like a if you, he has a video of his wife, and you can just tell that they just do not get along. Like both of them. <laughs> uh, so, I I'm not gonna say this person's name. Mm-hmm. I have a personal friend of mine that is deep deep into the whole 
men going their own way, red pill type of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He's he sends me videos of people I don't even know about, right? <laughs> I never even heard some people I did hear, some people I di- didn't hear. Um, and he has this ideology about women. Um, basically, they're they're human forms of blood sucking succubus, in his opinion, right? about women right which is completely toxic and completely left field right but he's never been married and he's he had multiple relationships that ended in um very tragic situation Mm. so it's clear to see that he's taking those experiences and literally sprinkling it out to all women he's interacting with which is a very negative, negative way to look at life in general, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think, in your opinion, because this is how I see it, do you think that maybe these men got hurt so bad that in order to find healing, they're going into this toxic, toxic way of basically expressing themselves? Um, so there's a joke that the manosphere is nothing more but group therapy. okay but it's what's sad though when you when you do experience a low point in your life the worst thing you can do is to go to an individual or to a group that's just going to validate your feelings rather than people who can assess it and tell you things that you might not want to hear um so it's really it's best it's probably better to see a therapist who who you can talk to more on an intimate level and can give you better why why go go to a therapist when i'm drinking my feelings away in the bar everybody knows knows me and understands me who cares right <laughs> well that's so the funny thing is there's nothing wrong with venting venting is perfectly fine some people yeah. do need to get like you know something out of them the problem with that is that you see people on this uh, on this community they've been venting for like two plus years four years jesus Christ. yeah that's when it gets problematic when they're like hey i just want to you know just well, isn't, vent which i'm like okay isn't why are you the doing whole point years? isn't the whole point from venting is to find resolutions yeah. So no, there's nothing wrong with venting and just like you know so, venting like one time, but eventually you want to. Well, 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 that, know, leave, that leave well, well, yeah, that's my my point where I'm going with this. Usually, you're supposed to find a resolution. You're talking mm-hmm. about two. You just yeah, you just said two four years. Where's mm-hmm. the resolution in that? I wish I wish I had an answer. I've seen content creators who said they've seen people in this space for five years. Jesus. Still leaving the same comments on videos that on similar videos that they saw them comment on like years ago. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus you know, in all Christ. seriousness, I think a lot of people in the space are socially isolated. And this is a space where they actually have like some sort of like importance or some friendship that they don't that they lack in their actual lives. Yeah. It's, now, it's really bad to substitute internet relationship for of course. actual like. Of you know, course, in-person. of course. And and the thing is. I'm not going to lie. Some of what the people from the Manosphere and Red Pill people say, I do agree with some, mm-hmm. not everything. It's like, it's like basically eating the meat and spitting out the bones, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I agree with some of it, you know? But I think that they overshadow certain men's situations and experiences as the this is exactly what's going to happen instead of being this might happen mm-hmm. for example let me just give you an example uh there was this case in florida where a man uh married his high school sweetheart 
right? Five, eight years later, they buy a house, have kids. Ten years later, the man, um, the, this guy finds out that his high school sweetheart, who is his wife at that time, is cheating on him with the personal trainer at their local gym. Mm-hmm. They get divorced. He gets kicked out, still paying for the house. The guy that she cheated on him with is living there, and he's right now living at that time living in a one bedroom apartment. That story in itself, horrific, but I don't see every guy going through that. You know, it's a very hard thing, I understand, but I don't see every guy going through that. I don't see every marriage going down that route but you will have some some of these people in these communities who will overblow it and say this is your end reaction or this is the end result you know what i mean which is i don't believe is the case whatsoever so for something like that i understand where let's say marriage laws are very unfair against men but also in the same time it's not the same outcome that everybody, every man is going to have. What, what what would you say to that? In terms of the, some of the stories that they kind of pound? Like, the yeah, yeah, the, the story, they kind of like, you know, regurgitate amongst each other and basically these yeah. like one or 2% cases, <laughs> they bump it up to like, this is what's really going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah that's, that's a red pill in a nutshell. A lot of time it just, just harbors on too much negativity. Um, I mean, don't get wrong. You can definitely find. Okay, statistically, after a divorce, women are worse off financially than men. That is just the case. That's just true across the board. However, yeah, you can definitely find the anecdotal examples of men who get screwed. I know one personally. I won't say his name or how I know him, but he and and not to mention, there's also accountability in here. He was how he started an affair. His phone went off. You know, you can see like a text message on the phone. His wife saw it and. I don't know what happened. She just erupted. The cops came, and then she lied to the cops that he was going to shoot up the school. He got kicked out the university. He still can't go back to this day. Um, I know him personally, but I won't give, say how I know him. <laughs> now, I could look at an example like that. If I was in a manuscript. It's like, see, these women are going to lie to you, which his wife did. She did lie to the cops. However, it's like, well, okay, this, this whole situation started because of something of action he did by having an affair. Not saying I'm trying to skew her action, but you know, a lot of time when people are going through these horrible um, incidents, they never talk about their side. Like, what do they do? Yeah, yeah, like, 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 for example, that reaction would have never happened if he never did A. So mm-hmm. B would have never occurred. To, I, so I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, it's really easy just to you know look at those examples to just try to scare men from women, which really the red pill is a nutshell kind of does that. Kind of scares men of getting into relationships, or especially marrying <laughs> um, women and not understanding the nuances of relationships. Because you're getting really dating advice from men who have proven to not have successful marriages or not successful relationships, or sometimes <laughs> never happen to be married at all. Yeah. I uh I uh I I've seen like I've heard again some of their uh their talking points on how to approach women. Um, they have this like scientific way of looking at things like code approach. Oh, that debate, yeah, and that's all... been. It doesn't even make sense because they'll say choosing singles. I'm like, well, for one, not all guys can recognize them. Not all women know how to give. Them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, 
so so I'm 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 seeing these type of things, right? And um I just find it find it interesting how okay, you're you're showing men how to get court a woman, right? Get a woman, right? Okay, cool. Some of these men, I understand that they're in the age of just getting multiple notches on their belt. All they mm-hmm. want to do is have fun. I get it. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. I believe that there's a certain level that you're going to have to get to to evolve. You're going to want to actually have a partner on the side that you guys are going to build with. That's how I, I see things. I want to have somebody on the side that I want to build with, build my empire with, and actually have a family. I think that's a normal way of seeing things, right? Um, it depends. Some people... You know, I would never try to judge a guy or a woman yeah. who just want to like, you know, sleep around, like, you know, or a human of course, beings. of course. I would just say, if be you're still sixty years old, if you're still sixty years oh. old, you know, uh, uh, talking about you're going to the club. Come on, man. You know, it's a little weird. <laughs> it's a yeah, little weird. My, my advice is just please be responsible because there's yeah, plenty yeah, of people yeah. who unfortunately have unexpected kids or kids that they don't want. Yeah, and, uh, that's boy. true. Um, but no, yeah, you're definitely right. Even people who do have that phase in life, I won't give anything about my personal life. But, um, yeah. you know, eventually most people do want to have somebody who they can like, you know, be, you know, pit bond with, you know. You know well, well yeah. And, and, and that was my, and, and, and that's what I want to steer to, like, I don't see nothing being said or or given about maintaining a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, all I hear is how to get one and how ways to to get over one, never to maintain one. Why why do you think that is? Because a lot of guys in the space aren't successful in dating. Um, in fact, a psychology major who he has yes he. Actually, wanted to interview me but we just never did it for whatever reason um he told me he's like he's a follower he's like you know the red pill is really good for the short term but it's not good for the long term so yeah you can definitely learn how to court a woman how to sleep with a woman or how to get over a relationship but you can't learn how to maintain a relationship because you, you there's nowhere you can go where somebody can tell you that because a lot of them just a lot of people in the space don't have experience in having long-term relationships or marriages yeah, yeah. and and some of so I want to I want to get into the the first video I saw about you. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 had me in it. <laughs> oh, I know what you you're had, talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you had me in it. Um, at first I'm not gonna lie. At first I was like, "Hey, yo, who is this dude? I don't like him. Screw this guy down. You know, thumb down, thumb down, thumb down." But the more I saw your videos, the more I started to become a fan. Mm-hmm. The more I started to actually see your side and agree with you with a lot of things, mm-hmm. right? And I still feel not salty, but I feel like it was a little unfair to to have my little just small clip because I'm not part of that community whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I had a few people reach out to me. Yo, I didn't know you were Red Pill. I'm like, what? I'm not. <laughs> I'm not Red Pill. So, so I, I, you know, I understand why you 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 did that and kudos to you right but i do believe and i do see a small part which you you know you you gave your opinion on that about american culture right mm-hmm. i feel i feel and i i personally do see this and i i speak to my wifey about this all the time that american culture now the modern day american culture has basically talked 
toxicified relationships nowadays because it's, hmm. everything is right now is superficial and what do you have so I could benefit for instead of actually cohabitating with two people and actually sharing resources instead of just being me, 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 you know, <laughs> um, do, do, do you, do you see, do you see my point? Do you still disagree with? Me? Um, I can see your point. It's, it's just hard for me to, as a historian, it's just really hard for me to analyze a contemporary moment. Cause I'm like, yeah, I do agree that we do live in this, you know, society where it's like me-ism, me, 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 me. Um, I, I do think it's kind of weird because one thing I hear in the manosphere where guys are like, yeah, I don't want to get in a relationship until I work on myself. And nobody ever has any definition of what that means. It's like the point of a relationship is to build with one another, not to like, you know, be fully established and then meet somebody then. I mean, you should definitely be <laughs> mutual, it's mutual support, actually. Um, that's something more older people will tell you. I don't know about young people today. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, because because I've uh, when out when I was single for like four years and a half, I was out here in the dating market, do, you know, doing my thing, <laughs> doing my thing. Um, but I, my main goal was to be in a relationship. The multiple women that I encountered, all they wanted to do was just mess around. Nobody mm-hmm. wanted to be in a committed relationship. They saw me somewhat as old-fashioned and they were like commitment let's go to this bar you know what i mean and mm-hmm. i i found uh, again i ha- i had to like basically basically adapt and go like okay well i'm not gonna take this shorty serious it is what it is you know so that's how i started to move and not gonna lie it got i kind of got a little jaded and I started to go like, I got to become a high value man, you know, <laughs> I got a little jaded because I was like, wait a minute now, wait a minute. Uh, these women don't want nothing serious. So why should I take her serious? You, you know what I'm saying? No, I know and, what you mean. And, and, but I also did come across a lot of women who were on my mindset. And mm. when I did come across them, I was already somewhat like, no, I already experienced some of these other women. So you're just you're just fooling me. In reality, they weren't, and I kind of messed that up, and I I, mm. I could admit that. So don't you think that's somewhat like how it goes? You know what I'm saying? Um, for some people, I imagine I'm kind of happy they took accountability on that. Um, I know you do live in New York. Um, yeah, 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 I know yeah, people yeah. in New York tend to wait compared to other parts of the country. They tend yeah. to settle down later. <laughs> Yeah. I live in Nebraska. I met people who are like 21 and divorced. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I'm not lying. Yeah, I'm like 21. I'm divorced. I'm like, bro, how's that possible? Like, yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, no, I can definitely see that. Uh, that's been true for me. I mean, I think people who I, I used to be really serious in the beginning, but, you know, people that were career driven. And then, you know, there's people I talked to where it was just strictly casual and it was never no opportunity whatsoever for like a commitment, which was OK with me. But at the same time, it'd be like frustrating then <laughs> after a certain point. So, no, I can definitely see that for some people. It's a different trajectory for some. I don't want to like universalize anybody's own dating experience because I have, you know, I have friends that got married at like 23 and are still married. Yeah, I went yeah. to school in the South and I graduated from high school in the South in college and whew, man, they got married right after college. I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um I I admitted to to my wrongdoing. I I understood where I messed up at, you know? And I learned from it. I think part of relationships when you 
get out of one is learning your mistakes. It's it always takes takes two. Two people is always at fault. I never, I never believed and never saw the it was never my fault type of uh, you know a talking point. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It was never my fault. Uh, I did nothing wrong. And when if you actually had a time machine to go back in time, you actually would see like they weren't paying them any attention. You know, they were like ghosting them and stuff like that. So then you could probably p- pinpoint with like, oh, no, you uh, you did stuff wrong here and here and here. Right. So I totally understand that. But let, let me let me let me ask you, do, do you think that toxic masculinity is a real thing? Yes. Um, the thing is, I think a lot of people don't understand what people mean when they say that. They just think, I mean, don't get wrong, I do think there is definitely an issue in American society where we try to demonize almost anything that's masculine, which I really I don't like because masculinity inherently isn't bad. What they mean by toxic masculinity is, I'll give you an example. Okay, one thing that's toxic is that men are publicly shamed for expressing emotions except for anger. So, like, you know, men cannot express sadness because they just seen as like a wimp. <laughs> so that's probably that's pretty much one example of toxic masculinity. Because no shock that a lot of men increasingly, it's been documented by various social scientists, are uh, middle-aged men are pretty lonely and don't have any close male friends. Um, and some of that too, because men when men get together, unlike women, women do like share deeply personal stuff with one another. Men just keep it very informal. <laughs> and that is like a characteristic I'm of masculinity. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. That is true. Yes. Mm-hmm. Women will I I, I kid you not, women will like, you know, be really close to another physically. I, I kid you not, in college, I would see two guys on a bench and they'll be on different benches that are like feet apart. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that 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 is true. I think was it one time it might it might might have been my toxic masculinity, I don't know. But one time, like, you know, <laughs> you know, my my boy went through a breakup and he was about to cry. And I was like, hey, yo, that's mad gay. That's all I said. And because I said that, he saw that as like, oh, no, that's that's weakness. Let me not cry and hold my feelings in. You know what I mean? And looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, my God, I think I just created a monster. Like, <laughs> like looking back at it, yeah. this dude has probably, probably never cried a, a single tear in his life. You know, and his wife is probably people like, how come you don't talk to me anymore? You know what I mean? So yeah, that's kind of you know sad. It's a, it's a, it's a emo- I can understand it's an emotion that makes people feel uncomfortable, but it isn't. Yeah. It's an important emotion because sometimes you really have to let things but, out. But but doesn't doesn't society kind of drive that though? Like yeah, I think overall yeah yeah because it it does come that pressure does come from men and also from women. Mm-hmm. I've heard some women say. I don't want no weak man, and they will list down list, and crying will be a part of that list, you know, oh, of being man. weak. So that's why I'm like, it kind of enforces that, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's like the uh, film Inside Out. I know you probably the Pixar film. Yeah. How happiness suppresses sadness, even though it's like, you know, you, that's an emotion that's important yeah. because happy memories can definitely become sad memories because you mourn them. And yeah. that's pretty much that was really the like tension between that film. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Character yeah, just yeah. didn't really get. I don't know why I'm talking about Disney, but it just came. No, 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 no. It's it's all good. It's all good. I I, fi- I found I found that I found that um to be a documentary of my life. <laughs> a, no, no, I'm just like I'm like no, <laughs> no. So um, so 
but but now let me ask you about toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that that's a thing? I haven't really heard that term outside of Manosphere. Well, well, what are you doing it here now? Now screw screw all that. Now you're learning it. No, <laughs> uh, but but do you no for real? Do do you think that it's a thing that could be possible? I I I gotta know what it is because I don't I don't know what it is like. Okay, so let's say okay for toxic masculinity is um overexerting their masculine you know um mm-hmm. traits in a negative way. So I would say toxic femininity would go into the realms of using the femininity in a negative way to harm men. For example, uh, faking a pregnancy or lying that the kid is yours when it's not. Is that toxic femininity or is that just lying and being duplicitous? I, 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 probably, <laughs> I I'll probably say that will be probably toxic femininity. You know? I don't know. It seems like toxic femininity is something that people came up with in response to toxic masculinity. Yeah. Toxic masculinity. That just, to me, that's just lying and being deceptive. Now, it's true, true. societal-wise, um, you know, society is more likely to believe women, too. I don't know. They're more sympathetic with women and, you know, will believe them quicker than they will believe a men. But no, that's just lying and being duplicitous. And you know, yeah, some right. and some women are good at it because they know society wise that, people that, lie that with is, women on that front. That is that is that is true. I would I would agree with you with that. Mm-hmm. Now, um, th- now this is something that I heard from um, Fresh and Fit, and we're gonna get into them in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I I heard this about Fresh and Fit, and um, I really didn't believe it. And to be honest with you, I didn't even I didn't even do the research on it. So this is the reason why I'm asking you, because maybe you would know. But what are your your thoughts on uh, divorce rates being more higher with 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 women engaging the divorces than men? Oh, that's easy. Um, so correlation isn't causation. So because women filed around seventy percent of the divorce, that doesn't mean that like it was a woman's sole decision. I mean, couples can definitely come to an agreement, and the woman's the one that filed it. But most women do it is because they often don't feel as supportive in a relationship, or like the communication is kind of like weak. But what's weird to me, the manosphere instead of like telling men how to have healthier marriages, they just complain about it, say don't get married. Yeah, I. I... <laughs> I've 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 seen that, and I I think it's a it's a little I'm gonna say it's a little childish, mm-hmm. you know, to just say uh you know get away from something like that in, instead of saying okay well these are ways to the same ways how they scientifically break down women and how to get them they should scientifically break down how to maintain one. You know, I I don't I wouldn't think it's that hard. I think is isn't what some of them married? Some manosphere guys, yeah, some manosphere guys are married. Yeah, so you know, isn't that a whole? You know, uh, isn't that a whole hit to their whole thing? Like it's like contradictory, right? Well, you know, like people like Donovan Sharp, he lied about being married and even lied about his wife's age because he always said that she was like in her early 30s and it turns out she was like in her mid 40s which is older wow. than him <laughs> yeah <laughs> he admitted to lying but wow. say it shouldn't matter anyway i'm just like wow yeah i know he so he he was married i know steve the dean is married lucario is married even though he's admittedly in the was it was well, isn't rollo tomasi also married yeah he's married has a, a daughter yep exactly so so why are why why do you think these these men aren't 
speaking on that. Do you think that they're just uh, drilling down on their needs? They, they got to do what sells. You know, the announcer at the end of the day is still like a lucrative business. I don't think it's really. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I made videos on like the monetization of the red pill as well as like the courses. But, you know, if you think of somebody like Romo Tomasa, he does make an income through his book sales as well as his YouTube channel, which people donate to him. And, and 21 Studios, they make a lot of their money from well, the YouTube channel, but it got demonetized and also conferences. And at the conferences, they sell T-shirts, books, um, soap, alpha soap. <laughs> they sell various alpha merchandises. Soap. Yeah, they wow. sell various merchandises okay. and things. So, no, this is this. People are making a full time living off the content. I and that's definitely, was not aware. Oh yeah, that, when, you know, when I made the channel, I wanted to look at the red pill from various like avenues. I didn't want to just go on a talking point. I'm like, no, I also want to look at like the financial aspect of it. I don't think that's talked about enough. Yeah. So so now let me let me let me ask you because this this whole thing is. The whole red pill and stuff like that, they're, they're not mainstream, right? No. They're very, very underground. Do you see them going to that avenue? Um, eventually, because it, eventually it's going to, it's, it's pretty big and has grown since I came across the space. And I have talked to academics behind the scenes who are actually writing about this. <laughs> so it, inevitably, it's going to get so big that, you know, you're going to see it covered in some mainstream publication. It already has received that kind of attention, but you know, I don't think the impact wasn't all that significant. CNN did something on the red pill a few years ago. Um, Anthony Dream Johnson appeared on Good Morning Britain, and he and his conference was spoken about on Real Talk, that, that talk show. But um, no, I could definitely see you know NBC, ABC, you know, doing something on it. Um, even John Oliver, because I'm like, it's just it's just, it's going to become so big that you just can't ignore it. It gets too many views. It makes too much money, and it's on a highly trafficked traffic website. So I don't think I think when it hits, I think when it hits, it's going to be devastating because they're just now, too much dirt on. Now let me website. now let me ask you about these two individuals. Uh, well, three individuals: uh, Fresh and Fit and Kevin Samuels. Uh, <laughs> would you consider these two platforms being part of the red pill, or is one part of the red pill and the other one's not? Are they manosphere people? Uh, what, so, what Fresh and Fit are definitely more red pill manosphere than Kevin Samuels. Kevin Samuels from the black manosphere. Um, his oh boy, how would I define it? It's um, it's where he uses red pill terminology on his channel, but I will say most of his subscribers probably have no idea what the manosphere or red pill is because <laughs> he marketed himself as a you know a dating coach or gotcha. a dating advice guru but yeah now, i don't think followers know about this stuff gotcha now i see i'll get into fresh and fenomen but i see kevin samuels as marketable i do see mm -hmm. kevin samuels as someone who can go mainstream the ability to go mainstream and the ability to have his ideologies very digestible and understandable for daytime talk show. Now, yeah, even though it'll be controversial, but yeah, I it, it will be very, very controversial. Of course, it'll be very controversial. Like you know, uh, look at Wendy Williams, controversial uh, figure in daytime talk show. You know, Charlemagne, the same thing. Howard Stern. Howard Stern. So the list could go on, and I see him. As someone that will go mainstream, not e even soon or pretty soon, due to the fact that you know he was in the future music video and and some of these people are already having some of these talks in mainstream 
you know, media. So I do see Kevin Samuels going there because, to be honest, he is the safe one. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be honest. He's polished. Kevin Samuels is safe and polished, and he is someone that isn't bogged down to this toxicity. One, two, he's very, very corporate. And three, he he knows how to engage with people when people are pushing back. You know, he isn't irate. He is he doesn't go off the cuff like some of these other people who blow up on live streams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for some reason they go, they do eight hour live streams, and those three hours is just about that one person that made them go crazy. You know, so he isn't that type of person. He is extremely, extremely professional. You know, mm-hmm. so I do see him as safe. I, however, if he does go mainstream, and I can see him getting bigger because I see, you know, Nicki Minaj and all this other stuff. Um, people are going to dig into his background, and people have already done that, and they're going to see how much he has, like, you know, falsified his background. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't I haven't heard nothing about, I don't know, can you enlighten it? Like, what oh, you yeah, mean? so there's plenty of videos on one, some of the one channel I promoted called Red Pill Examined, where for years he had to claim that he went to the uh, University of Oklahoma and received a bachelor's in chemical engineering. And he actually was said that he's like, yeah, I got a degree from there. But then it turned out that he, he dropped out. <laughs> Isn't chemical engineering, don't you got to do like eight years on that? No, well, a bachelor's? No, it's just a bachelor's. Oh, just oh regular, bachelor's. I'm sorry. Uh, four, That's four years. That's four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, normally you either will go to grad school or you get like a job where you can get like That's a weird. Training. That's a weird thing to say. Chemical to lie about graduating? Yeah. Out of all things, a major like that—that's a little. You could have just said liberal arts. Why? No, not? he didn't graduate at all, though. Oh, but but even if you go into lie, why chemical engineering? That's not. Oh something... no, he was a chemical engineering major. Oh, okay, got it. He just lied about like receiving the. Gotcha. Okay, out. okay, because because I, I thought you were saying that he was just lying about. Like, I'm oh, like, by the that's way, I have a weird li- major to lie about. Like My history is a liberal arts degree. So I'm like, hey. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. I try to I try to come at you. No, no. I'm just saying like. An easier thing would have been like liberal arts, or an mm-hmm. easier thing was like, oh yeah, I got a bachelor's in English. You know what I mean? Something, something so so like like common, not like I got a bachelor's in nuclear physics, and you know, yeah, like. But you can actually verify whether somebody graduated, regardless of the degree they got or not. And now there was that. There was also videos of him going. So he he used to do like um cologne and like men's fashion so there's videos of him buying cologne and go and reviewing it and then going back to the store to return it oh. <laughs> and the, the people who were in the you store they, rec- they, knew, they recognized his face so much that they actually talked about him on a live stream before he even blew up there's like uh, if you go to the poor men um poor black men vegetables and junk food he has videos on this and it's freaking hilarious Wow. So, so that's why I'm like, you know, he go mainstream, but yeah, people yeah, yeah, find yeah. out he has like faked it yeah. till he make it, making it, as people would say. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Hey, listen. Um, if Doctor Oz could, could could make it, you know, <laughs> hey, whatever, you know. Um, let let's talk about Fresh and Fit for a second. Okay. Um, I see them as the very rough, rough, rough. Um part of this uh, of what the people were talking about like right? jerry springer mm-hmm. very rough very not even polished 
some of the talking points I'm hearing it it, it comes straight from a book. Crash um, in the mail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like these individuals got got basically got fame quick and they don't they're trying to juggle it now, you know. Um literally it's almost every other day they got headlines coming in, right? So I know for a fact they're nowhere near trying to go they're nowhere near gonna go mainstream whatsoever. But they they are going to have that niche within the underground which is gonna make them big. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm trust me, I, I I see it, you know. So in your opinion, what is going to in your opinion, right? What what is gonna keep them going? And also if you think they're gonna get canceled, what do you think is gonna cancel them? So what's gonna keep them going is the content that they're making now. You probably saw the whole recent clip with um, Tommy Sotomayor. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that in a minute. Yeah. Yeah, go, go ahead. <laughs> no, yeah, they so they started in twenty twenty. They blew up pretty quickly. So they used to appear on Solo TV's um channel and they were just you know they were just talking eventually i saw them create a podcast and it kind of blew up mostly because of a tiktok controversy something myron Gaines said but the talk caught it the real talk caught it and made a video about it and they actually jumped the subscribers they collaborated with a lot of big youtubers early on especially being in miami which made it easier and then eventually and then once they started bringing women onto the channel that's when they just blew up and if you notice, like there are videos when they have women, or it's the most viewed compared to just them two. I, I, I found, I, I found, I found that um, interesting. I'm not gonna lie. Listen, I'm not saying that I am a fresh and fit hater, mm-hmm. but I'm not saying I'm a fan. Um, I, I do see some of their content, and some of it is educational, like some of the mm-hmm. Money Mondays and stuff like that is educational. I'm not gonna lie, but we have to call a spade a spade. Their most viewed content is just when they bring in girls. And this is my my opinion on it. It's extremely, 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 I'm gonna say, um uh I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it it's like an echo chamber because they're only bringing one type of female. Oh. And they're not bringing in different type of females. Their argument will be say is, well, we'll bring in thousands of females from all over the country. We're not talking about all over the country. We're talking about the certain lifestyle and the certain mentality. It's only one. And that type of female is the attention-seeking female who is doing whatever at night <laughs> and doing whatever on her phone to get, to get you know, uh, money or whatever the case is. And sh- those type of females do not represent the whole female dynamic or community. So the fact that they say, well, we're bringing these females, see what they're saying. It's kind of like, it's kind of like watering is watering down every, every other female who, who, who might listen to that. You know what I'm saying? So in, in, in your, in your opinion, why, why do you think they want to constantly bring that type of female into that content in order do you think is to prove themselves right or what uh i'm going to answer that question let me get back to why i think it might collapse oh yeah oh yeah i'm sorry sorry yeah, sorry. Yeah. Go, no, go i'll get ahead. to that yeah, question yeah. I, I say if i think if it's collapsed i think it'll be because of myron Gaines. uh myron Gaines is obviously the brains behind the whole operations but as a person he comes across as very hot-headed as somebody who disrespects a lot of his co-workers 
Like if you see clips of him, he has there's clips of him calling him stupid. Fresh is obviously a follower. He does he almost like mimics fit. Um, I mean, Fresh seems like a pretty cool guy, but I think he just follows the wrong crowd, honestly. So no, I think in all the controversy they've been in for being such a young channel, I think eventually it's just gonna like you know implode on itself one day. Now, in terms of why they bring the woman on, um, it's pretty obviously. Admittedly, both of them have admitted to well, okay. Fit has admitted to not being good with women when they were young, when he was young. Fresh claims to have slept with a thousand women, which everybody thinks is BS. <laughs> yeah, nobody Are you serious? Yeah, he has said that. You never, he, he creates some, he has some of the weirdest stories. You know the story he about said the NBA that? The, old, the one story that I saw was about uh, DMing women, 100 women or something like that. Yeah. And the way he said the story <laughs> sounded like complete BS. Oh, do you hear a story about the NBA player? That that one, that's the one that I'm talking about. That oh, okay, yeah, that it was, yeah. sounded fabricated as hell. It, it didn't sound real. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, wait a minute. Even even when he's saying it, he's like, so 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 I was there and I was gonna do her. And I'm like, what? Who's who talks like that? So so I'm like and, and then on top of that. He supposedly had three women, right? Three women, but yet he's calling it a, a threesome. Dude, it's a threesome if you're not there. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it doesn't man. make sense. It, it, it didn't make sense. But go, go ahead. Yeah, but yeah. So, um, what was, oh, yeah. So, I, I don't believe that. I mean, I just obviously lie. Um, but no, I think the reason they do it is because it's, I mean, if you watch the show, you can kind of tell that they're not really, they weren't accustomed to being around that many women who even like were that attractive, at least on their standards. Um, so I think a lot of the time they do it as like vindictiveness to kind of get back on the women that rejected them while growing up. Because like I said, they, they admitted to just not, you know, they're late bloomers, a fit was a, a gamer. And I used to be a gamer too, but I stopped doing that in high school. But yeah, I, I know gamers, so... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean like i just think it's more just like you know this revenge fantasy that they're on um because most people have said that Myra, i don't say most people some people have said that Myra Gaines is pretty misogynistic that he just has a really? disdain for a woman oh wow yeah i mean a lot of it is just from his upbringing just being rejected because he you know he's from so he's from sudan he grew up in some small town in Connecticut, like New Britain, Connecticut, or something. And he said, growing up, the kids would call him like a terrorist because he's, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's why he joined Homeland Security. That's why he joined the oh, okay. Department of Homeland Security, actually, to kind of, okay. you know, go against those stereotypes that he heard growing up. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> he, so he he put himself in a token position. Oh, maybe I don't know. I mean, we're the same age. Well, he's he's a year older than me, so I kind of yeah. know the environment he grew up in. But <laughs> so, so he's like, I'm gonna show these people I'm not a that brownie, and then he just yeah. like, started going like, oh, right. And the whole bringing women on it kind of obvious that you know he did i mean there was there was reports like when he had that whole scandal allegedly impregnated somebody. They kind of go over like, well, just so bad. So okay, so. I I was fully aware of some of their 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 scandals and stuff like that, and I was fully aware on some of their um escapades, mm-hmm. if you would say. Um, one thing that I do find very 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 interesting is what they preach and who they are. Hmm. Sorry, who they are completely don't align with each mm-hmm. other. Um, Never has. You have one individual who's extremely militant on his relationship uh, goals, 
extremely militant on how he views women, but yet messages women to sleep with him in order to get on the podcast or uses the podcast to lure women in bed, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I didn't know that was a strategy in one of their, their ideologies. I didn't know that, hey, build a business and also use that to sexually harass your own, you know? Didn't know that was a strategy. That's one. And two, you have another individual who's calm, cool, and collected, who doesn't agree with everything Myron does, but, you know, um, has his own goals, but agrees on the nature of women. But he also says that the, the, the sugar baby that he got is different. That was embarrassing. That is different. <laughs> and, the per- and, and she isn't tainted, but yet, on her own site. <laughs> listen, the listen, it, it it writes itself, right? It writes itself. And and it's very sad to see that because of these hypocrisies, you know, their life changes based on what they get exposed from. And then they come up with lies to basically make up those types. So so what 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 do what do you Obviously, they don't they don't practice what they preach. But no, why do you don't. think why do you think they their their followers decide to ignore that type of thing? Hmm, code of personality. I think also they're not well. I mean, oh my goodness! So they made that. You know when they made that three hour live stream on responding to all the like you know yeah things. There was one part where Myron Gaines was like, "Yeah, I couldn't got her pregnant, guys, because I pulled out." And everybody's like, "Yeah, yeah." It's like, dude, you know anything about sex? And I kind of knew that's when I when I saw I got, that. I got five friends that can tell you right now that doesn't work like that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not only that, I'm like, man, this dude doesn't know anything about sex ed, but at the same time, I'm like, man, his followers they have like cult like status, and that's what YouTube is. A lot of it, you know, people when people come to a channel, they are attracted to the uh, personality. But I think some people, some of their fans are young and have become so attached to them and living vicariously through them that there's almost nothing they could do that can like waver their support. Um, I think when um, I think that female um, uh, exposed some of the text messages, mm-hmm. um, I, I saw some of the his followers kind of you know attacking her and and stuff like that. And I found this is this is my again. This is what I saw from uh, from their from their point of view, and this is where I disagree with. Um, it was totally fine to go after certain people until the people you went after actually held you accountable. But not only them, but your own fans mm-hmm. held you accountable, and that's when you started backpedaling. Tells me you don't believe what you say. Mm-hmm. Tells me in the act of adversity and in the pressure, you will crumble and you will go based on what the status quo is. And to me, that isn't anything to cheer or be happy for. You know what I mean? Yeah, you need principles. Uh, exactly. Re- regardless, I'm going to give, let's say, Trump, right? And this is a poor, poor example. <laughs> but the man will say one thing and stick to his guns regardless of how wrong he is. He will say China. 
you know, and he will just go out and say, it is what it is, you know, this what this is what happened, blah, 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 blah right? Regardless of how wrong he is, regardless how how many times you disprove him, he will stick to his guns. When sometimes. it came to exactly sometimes, yeah. but when it came to that situation, they started losing subscribers to the point where it was drastic. Not forty thousand. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It was drastic, and then they backpedaled apologies, five hour things. Let's discuss this and all this other stuff. Oh, and then they go like, well, we're not going to talk about nobody else. No, like, no, 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 no. It either it's one way or another. And the thing about that also is it seems like they're so thin skinned. It's like you can't get criticized. You can't take something as a criticism or as a joke or something like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to just give you myself an example for an example. I'm not nowhere near them. But yet, there's a lot of videos about me out there talking about I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm I'm a race baiter and all this other. Oh nonsense. yeah, I've seen this. Some of them are like really. Some of them come from like really anti-black individuals. I've been listening like oh exactly. So, some of them are anti-black individuals. Some of them are actually pretty funny. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. lie. Some of them are pretty funny, and some of them just doesn't make sense because you're not attacking my message. You're just attacking me as a person, right? Mm. So it's just really weird, right? But I, just because of that one thing, I'm not just going to backpedal. You know, I'm going to give you another example. The majority of my audience is pretty pro-black, right? Okay, cool. I made a video about Professor Black Truth on some of the things I disagree with him about. Literally, I lost 100 subscribers because of that. <laughs> I did not backpedal, nor did I actually give an apology. I stuck to my guns and I said, it is what it is. This is my opinion. You know, I'm not going to bend because certain people don't like it. And it seems like it's a little weird. Like certain people are above criticism. Like it happened to me recently when I made a community post on a discord chat room of divestors who freely use the N word with the hard ER. And you know they were just like pissed and trying to defend them. Like you can't defend the stuff I post. This is really this looks like Stormfront, and it was just amazing to me how they were trying to justify it. But you know, I stuck to my guns. I didn't lose subscribe. I think I might have lost few, but I actually gained yeah, I, more than I lost. So I wanna I wanna talk about divestors, right? Okay. <laughs> um, I never knew nothing about the divestment community until like later later on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just, uh, I wasn't taken back. I was just confused, <laughs> right? I was just very confused. And I was like, what? Why? You know? So I understand divesting from the black community. I totally get it. Uh, if you want to do your own thing, cool. I don't care. But my thing is, don't big up another community thinking that it's all perfect when we have our same issues also, right? So yeah, for example, yeah, for example, I had this conversation with this um with this black lady and she flat out told me I hate black men and all this other stuff. That's why I date Latinos because you guys won't kill us. You guys won't do this and this. And I was like, that's interesting because Latinas are complaining about us doing the same thing to them 
And she's like, what do you mean? And I showed her an article about femicide in the Latin community. <laughs> and she's like, you just defending black men. I'm like, no, I'm telling you that you sound exactly why some of the Latin women are leaving us for black men, which I could care less about. But mm -hmm. they literally say, and we can all play the Sin Santana clip. She even said it herself. Latin men are more machista than black men, and black men know how to take care of us. This is what she said. <laughs> this is what she said. And this is not something new. So I've always found it very interesting that uh, certain people will criticize the gender, the small gender of their community, and go to another community thinking it won't happen when it actually happens. So what are your thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on that. It, it really annoys me because, you know, we said before the um, live, before, before we started, like, you know, I grew up in a diverse community. So I know crappy men and crappy women of all races and ethnicities. <laughs> um, but no, I think a lot of that just deals with the lack of exposure that people have to other groups. Because, I mean, it, you know, I mean, okay, if you want to talk about approaching, I mean, that's more, I think that's more social class than race, actually, in terms of how somebody reacts <laughs> to being a cold approach. But if you talk about dating, it's all the same. I mean, I've dated black, white, and Asian women, and I never noticed a difference. But now people in this space, I think a lot of them just don't have much exposure to other groups. So they just kind of put them on a pedestal or romanticize them simply because they're not the same race or ethnicity as them. Um, so yeah, I know it's like in a black sector, a lot of people buy into black exceptionalism, um, which really always annoys me because just because it seems like, you know, black people have these issues that are just unique to them that no other group experience, or if they do, it's not the same rate, which I'm like, no, it's not that different. And what's amazing too, is like, you know, there's some divestors who will say, go where you're celebrated, not tolerated, but then they'll complain about how their white uh, boyfriend or husband's parents don't like them because they're black. <laughs> um I, I i remember i had this conversation um with uh this this black dude say well this is the reason why i date latinas is because they don't have attitude problems i'm like that's a stereotype of latinas though i, I, I exactly <laughs> i said did you argue with one because <laughs> she will curse you out in two languages yeah and have you ever exactly have you ever I heard of some uh, battle rapper who was like, I forget what the line was. He was like, I'll get my head and snap it like angry Puerto Rican broads. I was like, oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's, have we not seen Love and Hip Hop? You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like, I recommend them. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on. Uh, and it's, it's, it's a little weird that black women get this uh, attitude stereotype. And I'm, and I'm looking at some of the women in my community applauding that, yeah, black women do got, you know, this and this and this. And I'm looking at them, I'm like, you do it too. What are you talking yeah, about? That's a, that's a stereotype of like both groups, actually. That's why I don't really yeah, get people that, say that. That's something I never understood, but I always point it out. I'm like, Maria, you do it too. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, chill out, chill out, you know? And the, 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 thing, the thing is, why, why again, why why do you think one stereotypes get 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 pinned on a group uh, a group of of women who's in a certain race group than the other one when in reality none of it's true so why one stereotype get pinned on one group and not the other yeah 
I don't know. So pop culture, like, you know, pop culture, black women are portrayed as like this superhero or superwoman, you should say, uh, which is really always devastating. It could just make it seem like black women can just take on all these burdens and don't have any issues of their own to like alleviate from them. Um, so I think, yeah, pop culture tends to export that stereotype more than from um, Latinos. Not saying I haven't seen that in pop culture, but I think when people think about the whole attitude thing, they're more likely to associate it with black women. But some guys might see that as like being strong and assertive. So sometimes it's a matter of perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah, not, I know like, I grew up like growing up around Puerto Ricans. I'm like, people say that stuff about black women. I'm just like, <laughs> like, bro, you ain't seen nothing. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Talking about you want to talk about loud? <laughs> listen. Oh. <laughs> listen. Um, no, so we're gonna start wrapping it up. Let me um I'm gonna give you a couple of more questions and we'll start wrapping it up and you know, mm-hmm. uh and all that. So um have you seen the the, the Netflix uh, documentary, the t- the Tinder Swindler? Heard of it, but haven't seen it. Oh, let me give you just some of the cliff notes. This dude, you know, amazing on Tinder. You know, getting matches from left and right, all over the world. You know, and this guy uh, matches with um, accomplished women who are financially stable, right? And he swindles them out of hundreds of thousands of dollars and pretty much basically ghosts them you know mm-hmm. after whatever and he does it very tactfully and artfully to the point where uh these women you know think that it's a desperate attempt in order to help him out with cash hmm. and then he pretty much uh exits the picture and then bye bye you know and leaves them with five hundred thousand dollars in debt right what I see I see both ways. I see this man being celebrated, but also <laughs> also I see this man being being demonized. Now, just by hearing the cliff notes, what are your thoughts on it? Um, my first thought honestly is I thought that's something only women could do. Well, you know that joke that women say, like, you want me you want to see me make a hundred dollars real quick and those go on Tinder. And one there was a news article, a woman who got kicked off of Tinder for doing that. Um, <laughs> I can see why. So I can definitely see, of course, like the woman definitely were like exploited by if he intentionally was doing that. I can see people see him as a hero because they might just be bitter about dating apps, which are not the best thing to be on. <laughs> so they might just um, you know, sympathize with him a little bit more, or empathize with him a little bit more. Yeah. And and the the thing I, I made a I made a video about this a couple of, a couple of hours ago, but I, I don't see what he did. I don't, I don't see that as anything wrong because like you just said previously, I've seen women do this a hundred times. <laughs> you know, I literally seen women do this a hundred times and bragging about it. Mm-hmm. So I don't see this as a big issue, you know, but Apparently, certain women do see it as a big issue. I'm I'm sorry for that. You know what I'm saying? But uh, that that that's that's my opinion. What 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 do you think? Do you agree? Disagree? Um, I can see both sides. Like I have to watch the uh, documentary first. I have Netflix, but I just don't watch TV often. Um, so I have a much stronger opinion if I see the documentary. But like I, said, I can see why people can see it both ways. I mean, you know, we're all adults, so I think people have to be accountable for their actions at the same time. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, let me, let me, let me ask you. Uh, so t- tell me about some of the articles that you were interviewed for. Uh, how was that like, and what did they interview you about? 
Oh, you mean just like writing stuff? The right stuff I've been writing. Yeah, about? yeah oh, because yeah, I, so I know been... you wrote something about the the red pill, and it kind of went viral and stuff. Yeah, so I was interviewed for the L article. Um, she actually interviewed me so she can learn who to talk to because she didn't really know anything about the male sphere. She just went on that date, and I don't know who goes on a date and talks about that. <laughs> <laughs> and she was just confused and somebody on Twitter told her about my article and she contacted me. So I helped her out with that. But, you know, even though I've been writing about the man, documented manosphere, I've been interviewed about my uh, academic research on high school student activism in the Atlantic. Um, I was interviewed about an interactive map I made on Latino urban rebellions from the 60s to the present day for City Lab. As well as I've been interviewed on PBS NewsHour and BuzzFeed about like police brutality in um, Latino communities because I've actually written about that. But I wrote about that because I wanted to like, you know, spotlight a, pretty much a, a, a hidden a hidden spot in a lot of people's analysis about police brutality and why some communities up, up, allegedly don't seem don't care that don't care, but in fact I'm like no they do. And you know I grew up in a community where you know police harassment was a reality or a life. And, and, and this is the last question that I wanted to segue with you on that, what you just said. Um, you, you, you talk about and you write articles on these, these things that happen within Black and Latin communities. Um, you know, what, what made you get into, into that and what, what made you want to start writing these type of, uh, these type of articles? Oh, so it's actually it's a two-parter. So the first part is where I grew up. Like I said, I'm from Allentown, Pennsylvania. And it's a majority now, it's a majority Latino community now. It became majority minority in 2010 and 2020 it surpassed. Um, and so I grew up in Bethlehem, Allentown, Pennsylvania and predominantly Puerto Rican and Dominican working class communities. And there were some other groups too, but they were just pretty scattered. So that's, that's the main reason. And the other reason is I started traveling in grad school and I went up to Chicago and unbeknownstly, I was sitting at a pizza restaurant. There was this one like Latino dude, I don't know, was he Mexican or Puerto Rican? He was just like pissed. I don't know what happened. He was just looking at me like pissed. And he was with two other um, women. And he was just pointing at me, talking about me. I was like, what the heck? However, what I didn't know is that I arrived to Chicago shortly after their mayoral election when um, Chewy Garcia lost to Rahm Emanuel. And at election, oh. there was a lot of fear mongering where black people mostly back Rahm Emanuel, even though he closed down a lot of schools in black and Latino neighborhoods. And so, and it really created this really, I mean, there was no wrong, I'm not saying black and Latinos in Chicago almost never gotten along. It just made it worse. And I didn't know, I just arrived a few days after that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you just represented something that he was like, look at this fucker. Yeah. You know? Okay, got it, got it, got it, got it. Got so it. And from the, I was just puzzled. I was like, I've never experienced a type of animosity. And it made me wonder, it's like, okay, well, what made my community that I grew up in so different from Chicago? And that's pretty much how I got interested in Black-Latino relations. And, when, you know, we, as an academic, you surveyed the scholarship, and I kind of realized a lot of it was slanted. When I looked at Black-Latino relationships, either it focused strictly on Los Angeles, which I didn't get, or it looked at communities where, like, Latinos were just new immigrants, like somewhere like North Carolina. I was like, okay, why aren't there like, you know, why isn't DC or New York <laughs> Philly in here where I grew up at? Um, so that's what got me interested in when the whole um, when Black Lives Matter started and there was articles on like, you know, Latinos are also disproportionately killed, but why aren't there why is there media coverage? And I wrote an op-ed. I don't like the title because the title is like stop ignoring the police killings of Latinos, but the argument was really Latinos, police brutality, and historical amnesia. And I was arguing that 
you know, there is actually a history and a well-documented history of Latinos politically organizing against police brutality, as well as engaging in urban riots against um, police harassment and killings. But it's a history that's just not really well known because it doesn't fit well into our black, white understanding of race. And yeah, from in there on, I just, you know, I got, you know, it just builds onto itself and I got interested in, yeah, later eventually led me to make a map on the urban rebellions that occurred in mostly Puerto Rican communities. And that's where it occurred the most, but also in Mexican-American communities and to a small extent, Dominican and Salvadorian. So the Mount Pleasant riots in D.C. in the Salvadorian community in 1991 um, was one of them. So with that being said, why do you think certain uh, black activists or black political figures say that or ignore the Latino contribution to some some of these activists and 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 racial, you know, um, you know, improvements in history? And they say, well, Latinos never really did anything; they just mm. want to be white. Which we, which we could get into that for a, a little bit, but. What, what what do you what do you think about that? Well, I mean, of course, I mean, of course, some of it is just not known in history, but it's actually more deeper than that. I think when it comes to you, so sociologically speaking, um, people who have written about these two groups either see them as natural allies, which okay, it's kind of a little weird, or like two groups that are inherently in conflict. In fact, a sociologist in the early seventies said that. Um, Whites tend to view Latinos as honorary blacks, whereas blacks view Latinos as honorary whites. Really? And, wait, yeah, wait, this, who, this sociologist that, noticed this. Who, in who said this? Who said this? I, I forgot. I saw the quote, but I can't remember the name, but it's from the 70s. Okay, so, got it, got it, got it, got it. <laughs> so got, and, I, this is good to know, so I can use it. Okay, good. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, it, I think you can't really understand unless you understand African-American and European immigrants. So, of course, you know, Irish immigrants were often seen as being allies to black people or seen more like black people <laughs> to the point that some people yeah. thought like they were just like just naturally got along, which, you know, yeah. to, our, to, to our contemporary eyes, that might seem ridiculous. But in the 19th century, that's something people thought was possible. And of course, the Irish definitely would embrace a lot of anti-black attitudes that culminated in the 1860-1863 draft riots in New York City. Um, and of course, also the experience with Eastern and Southern European immigrants. So believe it or not, um, in Chicago, African-Americans and Italians actually created um, interracial organizations to address discrimination. Um, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a book called, I forget the author's name. I can't pronounce the name, but it's called White on Arrival. It looks like Italian Italian immigrants in Chicago from the 1890s to 1945. Uh, of course, the thing about the um, Eastern European immigrants, while it's true that they did experience discrimination and you know mistreatment, at the end of the day, they were still legally white and could definitely exercise their whiteness. That, that was always true. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. not to mention it's two groups that have different histories and you know typically gotcha. nobody looks at an italian and a black person seem as the same it's not possible gotcha. um gotcha. so given that history of european immigrants who at one time were compared with african-american migrants from the south to the north and in fact that after three generation european immigrants mostly became on economic parity with whites um also government pro don't get wrong there are people who did work hard but a lot of that was government policies as well um, African Americans naturally just have like a lot of suspicion about um, immigrant groups, and unfortunately, that goes to Latinos. Even though there are significant differences between Latinos and European immigrants, and one one thing we don't 
talk about a lot in the 20th century when European immigrants came, there were also Mexican immigrants who came and they had a totally different experience. There's a good book on this called Generation of Exclusion. And it looks at a, it pretty much looks at a, um, in, in, in a project where a group of, I forget, I think scholars interviewed um, Mexican Americans in 1965. So it was pretty much a span of several generations. And this group of sociologists came and they actually found like about 700 other descendants. And what they found that the assimilation process was not the same as European immigrants. Many of them still lived among other Latinos. Um, they didn't really identify themselves as American. They still thought themselves as Mexican-American. And also when it came to upward mobility, it kind of stagnated after the third generation. So, I mean, it's, it's not a good predictor of the future, but it's pretty much saying that over the course of the 20th century, uh, Mexican immigrants just did not achieve the same um, upward mobility as European immigrants did. So that's important history to recognize. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the root of it is really just viewing um, Latino immigrants in the same lens as Europeans, even though when it comes to Latin American immigrant, um, it's a history of imperialism invasion from the United States and the United States for the most part was never seen as a refuge for a lot of um, Latin Americans. So, you know, there's differences, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, I, I think that history just animates a lot of people's attitudes. Yeah. I, I, um, I know that, um, that during the, the census, a lot of people like to point this out <laughs> that, um, Mexicans, um, were considered white because they had to be put down white on paper. Right. And because of that, um, there's a there's a myth. I'll just say myth that majority of Latinos want to be white and put down white. Where some of it is true and some of it is false. I go out on the limb to say that um, a lot of this whiteness is actually forced upon Latinos. Uh, mm -hmm. For example, if usually Latin people, you leave that race part blank. It gets filled in by the administrator somewhere, wherever we at. There's other parts, which I'm going to show right now, where um, these, are, uh, these are documents, and mm -hmm. you see the race box? Yep. You see Asian, Black, Caucasian, and Latino are, are at the same box. <laughs> Native American and unknown. Uh, this is a perfect example of being forced to classify as white. Um, if somebody doesn't know what Caucasian is, they just probably thought that's just a, uh, English way or an American way to say Latino because Latino is right next to it. So these are pure examples that I'm that I'm showing, and that I'm saying that. The, the forceness of whiteness is being forced upon Latinos, which I think is completely unfair. And the reason why I believe it's so easy for, for society or for people to do so is because we're viewed as an ethnicity and not a race. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, uh, this is something I'm trying to change. I'm trying to see if I could try to get some uh, you know group backing with actually trying to um, change that you know try to at least make us a race but with that being with that being said with the force whiteness and stuff do you see some of that actually happening within society uh, of on upon that force whiteness on on latin groups yeah there's been a lot of um 
people have written, I've seen like a lot of columnists and, you know, opinion writers, journalists argue that Latinos will become white, but they, they argue it because they said you're intermarriage because like, it's like around half of Latino men and women marry white people. But of course, a lot of people get married. That's not representative. A lot of people, people are increasingly not getting married. So that's a little too conservative, in my opinion. Um, but no, I think so. It's a lot of it just putting Latinos on that trajectory of European immigrants where European immigrants were seen as well socially seen as others and eventually became accepted as whites and i don't know people, people say the same thing about asians that Asians will eventually become white <laughs> but um no I, mean, I do know that census controversy and i always thought that was because of confusion because latinos just don't fit into americans understanding of race because you know it's not already have latinos who are black asian white indigenous and it just doesn't fit neatly into our like really america's simplistic understanding of how people racially um identify um, but in terms of pushing to whiteness, I, you know, it's funny. I went to the, um, it, I went to a conference in New York City on, it was on Latinos in the um, public arts. So pretty much talking about how a lot of art museums will value art from Latin America, but not U.S. born Latinos. And at the end of the conference, a woman who unfortunately passed away, she was Afro-Puerto Rican. Um, she told me, she was like, you know, there's something a lot of people at this conference don't want to talk about. And that's the fact that there are people who are trying, Latinos themselves, who are trying to push um, Latina dad to whiteness. And she said, you see that when sometimes they'll rename organizations that say Spanish American or Hispanic. <laughs> um, I can't remember everything she said, but that, that was something that she noticed that people just didn't, that was the elephant in the room that nobody wanted to talk about. So, yeah, we said push the yeah. whiteness, it's not just like external, um, it's also internal. Yeah, and, and this is something that um, a lot of Latin people haven't spoken about or don't want to speak about. Um, you probably know this, but Latinos, we're not a monolith. Mm -mm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, one group doesn't represent the whole group. For example, mm -hmm. um, Mexicans don't represent us you know, Dominicans or Puerto Ricans or whatever. But in America, in the American mindset, they do because they're into this Latin label, correct? Yeah, largest so, group and yeah. Sure. Exactly. And unfortunately, uh, whoever their leader is or whoever their leader is going to appoint is going to be the spokesperson for all Latin people, which I believe is un unfair because um, Mexicans, Central Americans, South Americans, Caribbean, Latin people have different plights and different um, outlook on life and different, um, you know, uh, adversities. Even though, you know, white supremacy is a global thing, we all, you know, we all, you know, experience it and stuff. But either way, we do have some differences there. Some people mm -hmm. might call it tribalism, you know, um, and I might agree to that also. But majority of the time, they don't represent us as a whole do you do you see that that might be a little problematic and if so what what is your opinion on it? in terms of people trying to represent all latinos yeah as as like one group representing all of all of, yeah all of that's always been problematic because like i said they're definitely don't get me wrong when it comes to latinos in the united states there are overlaps but there are significant differences as well I mean, like I said, you have Latinos who are white, some who are black, and they live in different regions of the country. And, you know, somebody who, a Mexican-American who lives in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I live, isn't going to have the same experience as somebody who's in Los Angeles. <laughs> or same with Dominicans in New York versus Dominicans who live 
uh, where are the Dominicans, other communities like Pennsylvania, where I'm from, you know, so there's some parallels. Um, but no, that's always been a problem. I think my biggest issue too is social class. Um, a lot of the people who try to be spokesperson for Latinos, like what's the one journalist who write? He used to write for Fusion and appeared on um, Telemundo, no, not Telemundo, Univision. Oh man, I'm I'm blanking on his name. He's like this prominent uh, Mexican journalist. Uh, I, I forget. Yeah, white hair. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I forget, okay. I'm forgetting his name. I, yeah, I'm blanking. I, I, but I, yeah, I, sometimes I think about. It, I'm like, you know, a lot of time when they when it comes to the spokesperson, most of them are like middle upper middle class. Sometimes they're immigrants, and and the fact in their home country, wherever it was, they were actually of a privileged class. And I, I think I I never liked the idea of people who are from a privileged background in the United States and outside the United States trying to speak for everybody, even people who come from you know disadvantaged backgrounds that they probably can't even relate to or never lived. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you said that because I'm gonna segue into something I don't know if you've seen me talking about, but it's a little controversial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some people might say I'm inventing it. Mm. Right? The concept of Anglo Hispanics. Oh uh, white Hispanic, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anglo Hispanics. Um I I have an own definition for Anglo Hispanics. Um, Anglo-Hispanic is an individual like Cameron Diaz, Louis C.K., Canelo, uh, who you would not know they were Latin American until they let you know that they're Latin American, right? But until then, they're walking around with white privilege, and they're walking around white as all hell. Like Ted Cruz. <laughs> like Ted Cruz. And until they find it convenient for them to remind you, by the way, I am X, Y, and Z Mexican, Dominican, or whatever the case is. Hmm, I thought Cameron Diaz was from, I thought her parents were from Spain, if I'm correct. Well, <laughs> a lot of people like to lump in Spain into this whole Latinidad type of thing, <laughs> which I reject. Mm-hmm. It's not the same. It's not the same. We have two different cultures, and also on top of that, Spaniards don't even see us as family. Let's keep it real. just the same language. That's it. That's basically it. And the thing is, the way we speak Spanish, it, they don't even they, exactly. It's like it's like English. You know, Black Americans speak English one way. You go to England, they speak it. You know, chup mm-hmm. chidio. You know what I'm saying? So uh, all all of that other stuff. So. So water, can I get some water? You know what I'm saying? So, so it's, it's very different. You know, it's very different. So we, the, my thing is um, with Anglo-Hispanics and lumping in all Latin people in one box and all this other stuff, right? Do you think, in your opinion, that that would be something that you should separate in Latin, within Latin people and within our society? We should separate. We should separate the Anglo ones that could benefit from minority benefits because they are Hispanic, right? Um, separate them and actually say, no, you guys are Anglo so-and-so and give the community, which are brown, black, indigenous, their own thing. And you, and you guys, because you guys already have the privilege of whiteness. Do, do you think that's a fair comparison or no? <laughs> I can see why you said that's controversial. Um, 
you know, when it comes to Latino identity, I mean, I think you have to embrace it and all of its like rich diversity, and that includes the um, you know white Latinos. Um, cause they definitely, I mean, no, girl, I think the, the census does a pretty decent, okay, okay, job on knowing who's like a white Latino, black Latino, not necessarily indigenous. I don't think that has figured that out yet. Um, but no, I mean, cause I can't imagine somebody from like Argentina and I have friends from Argentina cause they're my graduate peers who are like white as day, Costa Rica, Argentina, white as day. Like I wouldn't know unless they told me. <laughs> um, but it, you know, yeah. I think that's, that's still part of like Latino identity. I think it's important to. People acknowledge that and keep that. Of course, yeah. Because <laughs> let me let me let me let me tell you something real quick. Mm-hmm. Me, right? You, right? Mm-hmm. If we're in New York City and the stop and frisk law is still in effect, best believe me and you are going to get stopped and frisked. Yes. You know, I'm brown. You're heavily melanated. You're black. Mm-hmm. They're going to see us as the same. Let's just say she's not, but I'm giving an example. Let's just say this individual right here is <laughs> Argentinian. Mm-hmm. On the paper label, she's considered Hispanic. You think she's going to get stopped and frisked? Hell uh, no. to the no. <laughs> she's going to get her little small dog with her Starbucks and her Ugg boots, and she's going to walk on out of there, right? Mm-hmm. Again, this individual, it's some, even though she, I'm just giving you an example, but this individual will be considered an Anglo-Hispanic. Mm-hmm. They do not go through the same things that we go through. And on top of that, and I'll take it one step further, they don't even see us or themselves as family. They see themselves as completely different. To even point, I might even say, that they see themselves as Spaniards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the caste system in, in Latin America, you know, presents this, you know, extraordinarily well with the whole caste system of, you know, um, oh, I think yeah. was it uh Penti uh, uh Solares or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones who are Spaniard, one hundred percent Spaniard, but born outside of Spain. They have a name for this. <laughs> so saying Anglo-Latino, or I'm sorry, Anglo-Hispanic isn't far-fetched. You know, a lot of people want to go through the definition of, well, Anglo means English and all this other stuff. And I, all I say is, well, if Anglo means something different, then why in certain Anglo caucuses and 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 um, meetings and stuff, Spain, the European Union and Spain and all these European nations are included, and Portugal are included in these Anglo caucuses and, 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 and meetings and, and, and things like of that nature if they're not considered Anglo. So that, this, is my, this is my pushback to that. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. again, by me showing you this and, and telling you my, my, my opinion, what do you think? Um, I, I still can't. I can't. I, don't know, I still can't imagine separating it because I, I, I think it's still part of the whole, you know, Latino identity. Um, I mean, I, I think if you if you really were interested, I think a better person to talk to is um Julian Valeras. I, I have his contact information, but okay. he's the um founder of Latino Rebels, the blog, a blog that I've actually yeah. had a chance to write for. <laughs> yeah, but no, I, he's a he's a he's half white. His, his, one of his parents is white. One of his parents is um white American. One of his parents is um Puerto Rican. 
he identifies as a white Latino, but he does speak a lot about the um, racism among um, Latinos and does get criticism for it. He was one of the first people to speak about like you know police killings before yeah. it blew up about Andy Lopez. Because, and but this is but this is the reason why I say say this. This is the reason why I say this, and and they will point out an individual. Again, I'm using this as an example. Mm-hmm. They will point out somebody like this. Mm-hmm. And say, well, Hispanics are doing good. <laughs> she owns ten different franchise, uh, you know, supermarkets. Mm-hmm. And then you will say, then how come the Latino neighborhoods are still run down? Yeah, there definitely is that selectivism when people try to Ex- exactly so measure the success. You're right about that. Exactly. So, so again, the individuality or whatever the case is, I I see it in a different lens. I see that as these are Anglo Hispanics who are un- of, unfortunately they're just labeled Hispanic because it will whatever, but they don't see themselves or have the same experience as the 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 majority of Latino, you mm-hmm. know what I mean, and there's a reason why I'm choosing these words are different mm-hmm. Latinos and Hispanic, right? I get what you mean. It does. I mean, I know that's a tension because there was actually in the blog I mentioned there was an article about I forget the actress name, but she actually spoke at the um, Oscars where she had like she purposely had like a really thick Spanish a- accent and it seemed like she was saying anus instead of annual. I. I'm blanking on her name, but she's Colombian, and and there was a criticism about her. It was like you know, in Colombian society, she's kind of privileged because she's white. But then you get so you get these like white Latinos in Latin America who are privileged and benefits all that. Then they get to the United States and they just exert their ethnic identity <laughs> to the point that they try and make themselves not appear as white. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I I don't know. So, just want this is the reason why I told you it was a little controversial. So I just, I, I understand, but I know the tension actually. I yeah. I've seen that about white Latinos who privilege in Latin America and they get here and they try to like you know distance themselves from their whiteness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then later on they go right back into that whiteness and <laughs> and 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 you know fit in right fine. But but um, exposed man, thank you very much for being here. I. Didn't mean to get you on here for so for so long, but it's okay. Um, you know, hopefully you had a great experience. Don't be a stranger. Definitely come mm-hmm. back. Um, I'll definitely want to see if I could have you on um, for more episodes uh, to talk about um some of the articles you wrote about um some of the the, the Latin things that that happened in the, in the sixties and and oh yeah, I'd be more than willing to uh, talk about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Most definitely. Um, tell tell the I know. Before I wrap it up, I know you 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 ended the your 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 channel right. Your mm-hmm. exposed the manosphere. Uh, why is that? Um, exhausting. Um, it's you know it's been over, it was over three years of watching the content, and if, when you watch the manosphere content, really after a year or um, it gets redundant. And you know I was I was getting my, I got busier with stuff. There's other things I want to do, and I just couldn't keep up with it, especially because I wasn't you learning should, much. You should give that advice to other people. We both might know. That's a joke. I'm just playing. I'm playing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm playing. But no. But but thank very. Thank you very much for coming coming in. Um, tell the people where they can find you. Um, if you want. So I am still on YouTube, so you can look at my America Rewind channel. That's actually where I am posting stuff. But you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron Fountain Junior. At Aaron Fountain Junior. My Twitter hashtag. But you're going to get 
loaded with boring news articles because I don't share a lot of personal stuff on there. <laughs> but yeah, like I said, YouTube just America Rewind, and that's more about American history. And I have article, I have a video on there about the 1990 Windwood Puerto Rican Rebellion in Miami, as well as um, uh, I'm making a video on when the South hated football in the um, early 20th century. So I'll be talking about various um, aspects of American history on that channel. Oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. And mind you, everybody, all the links will be down below. I'll definitely link them up in there. Um, so with that being said, uh, um, Expose the Manuscript, thank you very much for coming in. I'm going to catch everybody later. Peace. All right. So that was an interview with Expose the Manosphere. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Remember his channel down below. Go definitely go check that out. Remember, go check out my interview that I had with Art. Definitely go check that out. And remember, go check out my cousin's music. Ra Ramon Quince. Definitely go check that out. Really hot stuff. Uh, if you guys want to hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at the same name, Radical underscore Latino underscore. And also remember to, if you want, want to donate, go to my cash app, dollar sign Radical Latino, or go to my website, RadicalLatino.com and donate right there. And I'm going to leave you guys with my two favorite quotes. I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. And if black and brown unity does not happen within my lifetime, I might not change the world, but I might inspire the mind at will. With that being said, I'm going to catch y'all later. Peace!